Hello, fellow story lovers. I am your host, Daniel Ruscha. I'm a writer, storyteller, voiceover artist, and overall lover of literature. In this podcast, join me on adventures of magic, fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and basically anything else nerdy and exciting. Just sit back, pop in those headphones, and enjoy a short escape. This story is called Pokey. It is based on a writing prompt from contest number 67 on Reezy.com. Write a space adventure story that features a visit to an alien marketplace. Pokey by Daniel Ruscha This is amazing, Lewis yelled as he flung his body in a messy flip through the air. His form was atrocious, but he hung in the air seemingly forever. I feel like I can fly, Luca replied, spinning unbelievably slow into a 1080, his body disappearing behind the glare of the late afternoon sunshine. They leapt toward each other, exchanged high fives, and floated back down to the dusty turquoise surface of Turkizan. Their feet barely made footprints as they landed. We should just stay here. I could get used to the slow gravity, Lucas smiled. Lewis laughed, tucked his head into his chest, bent down, pushed off the ground with his legs, and shot himself high above the four-story building they were hiding behind. What are you doing? Activate your gravity suits, Lena's chiding voice called from behind. Fine, Mom, Luca retorted. That was a mistake. Lena, who never wasted her time with the thrills of minimal gravity, ran over to him and slugged him across the jaw. Luca didn't even have a chance to dodge. I'm not mom, and this isn't a joke. Turn your suits on before someone realizes we aren't from around here. Luca rubbed his jaw, but didn't make another sound. He flipped the tiny switch tucked away under his sleeve. His arms fell to his side. It reminded him of pulling himself up from a swimming pool, his own weight feeling unnatural for a moment until he adjusted to the newfound pressure. Lewis did the same behind him. I feel like Superman, leaping over a building in a single bound. You won't be saying that when your bones begin to lose their density. Just another reason why you need to keep your suit activated, Lewis saluted her. Yes, ma'am. Lena rolled her eyes and checked on the package nestled in a tiny bag around her shoulder. Come on, we need to meet with Sharil. They each wrapped a long, dark cloth around their heads that fell behind their backs like mini capes. A common piece of apparel for the locals on Turkizan, the tiny, sandy planet in the Verlo solar system. The three kids walked through a crowded dirt path. Turkizanis lumbered around in all directions. For the most part, they were humanoid in appearance, two of everything human, arms, legs, eyes, and a mouth and nose in the normal places. But their skin was slightly pale blue, and it let off a kind of glow that seemed to emanate from within. There was something off about how their bodies moved, too, almost like rhinos trying to tiptoe around. They were built a little too compact, like their bones were crammed too tightly together, which in fact was the case and the reason why they lumbered rather than floated on this planet, two-thirds the size of Earth's moon. It was obvious they weren't human, but Louis, Luca, and Lena Russo were most definitely human. Three average-looking kids from a small town in Iowa, mahogany hair with eyes to match, and darkened skin, courtesy of their Italian father and Spanish mother. They were young. Lena barely into her twenties, Louis and Luca in the middle stages of puberty. Not quite kids, but not yet the adults they would one day grow to be. Yet... They were tasked with this important mission, a mission that could decide whether the human race survived or went the way of the elephant, here one day, gone the next. That's why it was so important that they blended in with these Turkizanis. Sure, the Turkizanis were some of the most agreeable creatures in the galaxy, and that's why Sharil had them meet there, but that's not who the Russos were hiding from. 
Luckily, there was another hidden switch tucked into the belts of their suits. It changed their appearance just enough to give them that less-than-human look. Goodbye, bronze skin, and hello, Kentucky blue. Without it, they'd be discovered for sure, the tiny package around Lena's shoulder taken from them and the fate of Earth left in the balance. Lena darted her eyes around the marketplace as they walked. She was paranoid, but it kept them alive so far, so she didn't fight it. They were in some kind of marketplace. Makeshift storefronts dotted the turquoise ground. Turkazani slogged around, bumping into each other frequently, but always begging pardon as they did. Minuscule puppy-like animals ran through the beefy Turkazani legs with that same awkward tiptoe motion of the larger race. At one point, Lewis bent over and pet one of the creatures. It let off a sound that can only be described as a snore, nasally, loud, and painful to listen to. Luca and Lewis burst out laughing. Quiet, leave that thing alone, Lena commanded, and they fell silent. They stopped at a small souvenir shop on the corner of the market, but the souvenirs were not things the average person would be interested in. The objects ranged from bones to rocks to materials that let off the smell of rotten diapers, which they very well may have been. Turkazanis were friendly, but they weren't known for their cleanliness. The shop owner looked up at the kids. A toothy grin encompassed her mouth. She was completely unaware of their humanness and said, You'll buy something? While the tiny piece of hardware surgically implanted behind their ears helped the Russos understand and communicate with anyone from anywhere, it sometimes came out a little stiff and pigeon-like. Lucas sniffed the air with a sickened look on his face. Got anything that didn't used to be alive? Eh, 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 that good, you funny, the shop owner said. Me gots lots, come with. Lena held out her arm to stop Luca from moving. We are in the market for snake juice. I have a terrible brain ache. The shop owner's face twisted into recognition. Her blue skin darkened an entire shade as she pointed behind her. Go to back. I gots the stuff. Thank you. Lena took a small bow and walked to the back. Lewis and Luca followed. The room was lit by a tiny candle in the corner. The floor was the same turquoise dirt that riddled the rest of the planet. The walls were plastered with some kind of mud. Other than a large wooden chair by the back wall, the room was empty. The flickering candle cast a shadow of something in the chair. Is it Sharil? Luca asked. I think so, Lewis replied. Lena walked forward. Do you have the snake juice? She asked the shadow in the seat. I have so much more than snake juice, the shadow said, then stood, turned, and looked at the Russos. The man standing before them was not Turkazani and not human, but something completely different. He stood at least ten feet high, his body slim, his skin almost reptilian. He stared at the Russos with large eyes that took up more than half his face. As he studied the kids, he blinked, Eyelids turned at an angle hid his eyes for a moment. He smiled, but where there should have been teeth, thick, flat pads that looked perfect for mashing things appeared. All oh, Russos, I'm glad you made it. There was no need for a translator. He spoke perfect English. Sharil? Lena asked skeptically. The man nodded slowly. I remember you from when we were kids. You look taller, Lewis said. Sharil let off a tiny laugh. My species continue to grow throughout life. On my planet, there are elder Velkis twice my size. No way, Lewis exclaimed. You're joking, Luca retorted. Sharil smiled. I do not jest, but we will have time to catch up later. Do you have the package? Lena squinted at him for a moment, unsure whether she should trust him. But he knew the code, and he did look familiar. 
She finally relented and handed him the bag on her shoulder. Shahril took the bag in his long, snake-like fingers and opened it. He stared into the opening and let out a small sound, almost an excited squeal. We must get this away from here. Come, let us make haste. He handed it to Lena, who placed it back on her shoulder. Where are we going? Lena asked. Off planet. Wait, we just got here. If we're not staying here, why'd you call us here in the first place? The Turkizanis are a peaceful race. This planet seemed like the perfect place to load up on my ship. We already have a sweet ship, Lewis interrupted. You need a sweeter ship, and I have just the one, Shahril smiled. Lewis and Luca turned to each other and called, Shotgun! The Russos followed behind Shahril, who now looked like any other Turkizani strolling through the market. He had one of the suits, too. They walked down the long row of canvas-covered storefronts and past countless Turkizanis. The whole marketplace was packed and only seemed to get thicker as they walked on. The smell got worse, too. Turkizani B.O. was once voted the worst in the galaxy. It had been known to literally knock out a race of aliens called the Slabi Zaludek. Once they finally passed the thick of it, they walked to the back of a tall, mud-covered building which opened up to a large field. Enormous silver ships, smaller bronze ones, and a few clunky-looking commuter ships were scattered here and there. And in the middle of it all, there was a sleek, blacked-out speed cruiser. Thirty feet long, it was shaped like a bullet from the 21st century. Slim and fast. It made the Russo ship look like something from a scrapyard, not a top-of-the-line luxury space yacht. Lewis and Luca's jaws dropped. Where did you get that? They unisoned. Even Lena was impressed and she was harder to excite than a grumpy cat. Shahril continued walking toward it without saying a word. When he was right next to it, he placed one palm on the side, and an invisible door popped out from the metal. A set of stairs extended down on the ground like a tongue falling from an English bulldog's mouth. They followed him up the metal steps. Once inside, the all-white interior blinded Lena for a moment. When her eyes adjusted, she was even more awed. The console at the front of the ship was made completely of touchscreens and the eight seats that lined the ship like an old-fashioned jet looked as comfortable as chinchilla fur on a sea of memory foam. Shahril pointed them to the seats, Lena in the front, the other two behind. Strap in, my young friends. We must get going. They followed his instructions. He sat at the controls, pushing the screen with a speed unknown to man, when the engine roared on. And within a minute, they hovered above the blue sand, spraying it everywhere. And that's when they felt an impact in the side of the ship. The ship began spinning uncontrollably. Shahril tried to right it, but another impact crashed into the ship from outside, and they spun like a top. Lewis screamed, Luca cried, and Lena looked for answers. What she saw were glimpses of three of those large silver ships, holding still as Shahril's craft spun out of control. Finally, Shahril was able to stop the momentum, and they sat facing this new threat. Who are these people? Lena asked. Zlo, is all he said. Lena knew all about the Zlo. They were the ones who took her parents away from her, the ones who murdered them in front of her. She had no love for these monsters. Can you guess why they're here? Can you guess what they're after? Shahril asked. Lena cradled the package on her shoulder and looked in on it. Let's get out of here, she exclaimed. Just a few adjustments and we should be set. Shahril furiously pushed at the console, and they finally began to move. Up, up, then something hit them from above, another ship. The original three ships surrounded them while the one on top forced them to the ground. They were trapped. 
but not hopeless. What are we going to do? Luca shrieked. Just stay calm, Lena replied. She took the pouch from her shoulder and opened it. Inside was a tiny bug-like creature called a mochni. Its tiny mouth opened into a sort of yawn, revealing two tiny incisors. It let out a squeak and then sneezed like a human baby. These creatures once spanned the galaxy, but now there was only one left. Lena liked to call him Pokey. When her parents first gave him to her, they told her that he was dangerous, more dangerous than any weapon in the galaxy. She knew that was true, but to her, he was family. He stood up on his miniature legs. Two translucent wings fluttered around him, lifting him up to her face. To Lena, it looked like he smiled at her. We are kind of in a pickle here, Pokey. Can you help us out? In a movement so small it was invisible to most, he nodded his tiny green head. Then he flew to the viewing window. The silver spaceships were still. Pokey studied them, making a plan. Then he disappeared. Like a ghost in a nightmare, he was gone. Lena and the others looked out the window. One by one, the ships began to smoke, and one by one, they exploded. The flames it created were as blue as the sand, which turned into glass on impact. At least, that's what the locals would say years later. And the next moment, Pokey was floating by Lena's side. She grinned at him as he did somersaults in the air. Sharil maneuvered the ship away from the wreckage, and they flew off. Little did they know, they had just begun the war for the galaxy.